All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Hoop Jack Podcast Series. I'm your host, Christopher Armistead. With me, as always, is my great co-host, Jacob Adkins. And today, we have a special guest, creator of the Chosen League Podcast Series. We have Devin. Devin, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, well, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, My name's Devin. Uh, I currently live in Texas right now. Dallas, Texas, student, majoring in graphic design. Uh, first and foremost, I am the creator of the Chosen League podcast. Appreciate y'all for having me. No problem, man. Glad to hear. Uh, representing great state of Texas, graphic design. That's an interesting uh, major. And I like, it's probably well as well as with your Instagram post, the designs. I actually really enjoy those. I'm hoping to do something like that someday. But um, it's great to have you on the show. Um, first topic for today, Suns-Clippers. Clippers winning it at home, needing the win at home. They win by double digits, but the Suns still take a 2-1 to series lead. Devin Booker wearing a mask and Paul, Chris Paul finally coming back out of health and safety protocol. Not a good shooting, though. Combined, they were 10-40 of 40 with... Field goal percentage, 25% total. Can the Suns steal one back in L.A., or do they need to wait to try to get game five back in the Valley? Uh, Devin, we'll start with you. What do you think is the Suns' game plan going into game four? Uh, For one, they're going to need to do better. I think, think for one, they're going to have to – it's going to be a tough – I mean, it's always going to be tough in away games. Those Those are the toughest times, plus you have the crowd. No camaraderie. It's just, I think the main thing for them is with their shooting, uh, they have to do better job shooting, especially with Devin Booker. He wasn't really on. He was like, what, one of seven last night? Uh, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, you know, Bridges really stepped up. They made some key, they made some key shots in the game, but still they didn't get the win. I think like it comes down to defense. Like they really got to step up on defense because it's a lot of, I noticed in the game, it was just like a lot of pick and roll. And like, they were letting Reggie Jackson, uh, Paul George, Luke Kennard, Patrick Beverly, especially Patrick Beverly, like he, they had no answer for him. So they gotta look forward to stopping him as well. Cause he's, he's that, he has, he brings that defensive presence. So they have to keep up with him too. Yeah, like you said, Devin Booker, 1 of 7 from the three-point line. He was 5 of 21 total from the field. Chris Paul, 5 of 19. That's just that's tough shooting. And DeAndre Ayton, not really there physically on the boards. Uh, Jacob, what do you think was the problem with the Suns in Game one, in game 3? And what do they need to do for Game 4? I wouldn't necessarily say they had a problem. Um, you know, they... Aside from Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, they, they really don't have a lot of guys with, with playoff experience. And then when you're starting to talk about conference finals, I mean, they don't really have anybody who's been there. Um, Clippers have a veteran team. They're, they're, not, they're not that young. They've got a lot of guys who have been around the block. Um, Paul George battled a lot in the Eastern Conference a long time ago. 
um, in, the, in the conference finals. Kawhi's been a finals MVP. Um, but they, they did what they're supposed to do. They won at home. Um, I don't think that it's, you know, time to panic for Phoenix. Um, Booker just needs to figure out how to beat Beverly. I think if they can, if they can get Booker going offensively, I think you could just pretty much close the door on the Clippers. Um, I think outside of Kawhi, they're soft. So if they if they can just get Booker going, um, I, I think it's it's a done deal. Yeah, and as well, uh, Paul George and Zubac combined 31 rebounds. Paul George at 15, Zubac at 16. Rebounding did play a big factor, but I think as well, just shooting wise, like you said, you got guys on the Phoenix on. Phoenix, who are not playoff experienced, who haven't been to a Western Conference Finals, who don't know the pressure is that. And it is tough playing away, especially in a tough Staples Center, even though it's the Clippers, it's still tough to play anywhere away, regardless who it is in the playoffs. So they have like two guys who have like good playoff experience Chris Paul and uh, Jay Crowder. Like, after that, this is all new territory for for Phoenix. I mean, Chris Paul, like, he made it to the the conference finals with with Houston. That's when they was, like, playing against Golden State that time. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, he he does have the experience. It's just, it's going to come down to uh, what they can manage for game four. So, game four is uh, on Saturday, 9 p.m., Clippers trying to tie back up the series, or can Phoenix break away and steal one in LA? And speaking of stealing one, Hawks win a narrow, and I'm talking narrow victory against a tough Milwaukee team, stealing one in Milwaukee, 116, 113. Looking at the line for stats, neither team looked like they had an advantage at all. Both teams under 30% field goal, 30% for three-point. Both teams under 50% field goal shooting. It's safe to say that it really just came down to the free throws that Atlanta had at the end. But all in all, I think the next game is going to be a toss-up as to can Milwaukee keep one at home. Uh, Jake, what do you think is the plan for Milwaukee now that they've given one up away? What is a game plan that you think they could focus on beating Atlanta at home game two? I think you you got to control um, Clint Capella, his his ability to rebound and yes. dominate the boards. I mean, Giannis is seven feet tall. Like he he shouldn't he shouldn't be getting bodied on rebounds by Clint Capella just because he's so much bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else. But I think the biggest thing that, that they need to do aside from control Clint Capella on the boards is just keep Trey Young under control. If he gets loose, it's going to be a long game. Yeah. Trey Young was struggling 4 of 13 from behind the arc, 17 of 34. So he shot 50% overall, but three-point shooting well under 50%. It's not one of his stronger nights, but a win's a win, especially in hostile territory. Uh, Devin, what do you think could be a possible game plan for Milwaukee to keep home court advantage or even Atlanta to steal another one? Uh, so for what I have for Milwaukee is they need to prevent Young from shooting, you know, shooting the, the three, you know, shooting the outside shots. Uh, 
Another one, Meg uh, Collins take outside shots. He's not really a good three-point shooter. He's he's mainly a guy that would destroy you in the paint. Um, another thing, like we, we already discussed this, um, box out Capella. Uh, limit their turnovers. You know, make sure they're good on defense. And Holiday, even though he's been struggling in the playoffs, they need him to be a playmaker. And Giannis also needs to make his free throws when they count. Right, because looking at turnovers, I mean, even though Atlanta Atlanta had like 11 turnovers to Milwaukee's eight, it's still, you want to keep the turnover total under 10 in order to have a clear chance to win. But turnovers will be looked at later on. Game two is tonight at 8.30 p.m. on TNT. We'll see if Atlanta can steal another one from Milwaukee or Milwaukee goes back to Atlanta with a one-to-one tie and holding on to the series. Um, But in my opinion, I think it's going to be a Suns... And this is is a hot take. It's going to be the Suns coming out the West. It's going to be Atlanta coming out of the East because I feel like Milwaukee's going to rely a lot on Giannis and Chris Middleton and they're just going to burn out, I feel like. But I could be wrong. What do you guys think? I think you might be right on that. Um, I want to I wanna have faith in Giannis, but late in the game, he's just a liability with his, his inability to, to create a shot for himself outside of the paint and, and consistently knock it down and hit free throws late in the game. I, I, don't, I don't think he's, he's quite there yet. All right, Devin, what do you think? I mean, I got the Bucks coming out, you know, in the East. But yeah, it's true though. Like Giannis is free, he has to be a better free throw shooter. Uh, one thing it's like with him, like watching him play, he whether he's when he comes to the like the, the post, like he's he's doing like dribbling, dribbling. A lot of times he's trying to drive and he's trying to drive at a short distance, and so that's why he's like trying to back up for three. And it's like he just needs to. I mean, I feel like they could do it. But they're going to have – they have other players on the team that can actually, like, do some stuff, you know, get them going. So, Right. And real quick before we go into the next question, the teams remaining, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Hawks, and the Bucks, the team – them remaining will be the first title since the NBA-ABA merger. So we'll see who comes out of the champion. And – because Phoenix hasn't been to a NBA final since what was it ninety three? Was it ninety three with Barkley? That's a long time. I know that's a long time. Milwaukee <laughs> hasn't been to a final since I want to say the seventies. Seventies, yeah. Uh, the Clippers have never even made it out of the West at all. Not even not yeah. to, not to mention the Western Conference Finals in fifty years. <laughs> and Atlanta hasn't been close since probably the 80s what the late no 70s 80s time frame so it'll wow. be interesting to see how that comes around and but i really, actually have a question for you chris ooh, um, what's this question you're you're an official mm-hmm. with that last play with crowder throwing the ball um with it being over the cylinder did you know that rule you mean oh so 
I so that's you made an interesting point. So the rules do state that in a out of bounds situation, it's a, it is not illegal if he throws it up and it's over the cylinder and it comes back down. Now, if it's a live ball, meaning if he is in play and he throws it up and the ball is over the cylinder, that can be offensive goaltending. Not if he's out of bounds. But did, did you know, like in real time, if you had seen that, would you have? In would real you have time, made the in, right re- in real time, I would have been, I would have reacted the same way as Paul George was when he was saying goaltending, yeah. goaltending. I had but no I, idea I understand how players, you know, they react, and they're still, you know, the the rules are out there. The refs do know the rules, and it's just the way that it is. I think in. Like you're asking me, how would I react? I would have reacted the same way as you know Paul George was. I would have thought it was goaltending, but then I would have looked at the rules that they were, and I would have been like, okay, you know, that's how I'm going to take that loss. That's just how it is. But that was a beautiful play, and if you guys have seen the looks on Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilmot yeah. are still hilarious. <laughs> they were in shock, and I could, yeah. I was just like, that's the greatest meme to start in the history of ever, and. With that, to answer your question, Jake, yeah, I would have reacted the same way as, you know, the Clippers were. I thought it would have been interference, but then I looked up the rule and it said that it's not a violation. It's only a violation if he's actually dribbling inbounds. Yeah, but, I, I had no idea that that was a rule. Yeah, because yeah. Stephen A. Smith talked about that. He was like, about the officiating, he was like, F, you know, being, he was like, it's just terrible how, how it was going, like, you know, in the beginning. And then up till now. I think the refs yeah. were trying to give the Clippers that game, but you know, it was just yeah. the way that it was. And you know, it is it's so hard to be an official during a crucial playoff game. Western yeah. Conference Finals, you're in the valley, and that's tough. But So like was he was like DeAndre Aiden close to goaltending? Like was he like cl- was it like close or the, the view angle, no, but you could argue that it was because the ball was above the cylinder. Yeah. And you can argue that it was goaltending. But the fact that you can, the only thing you can't argue about is that Jay Crowder was out of bounds. Yeah. Now, had he been in bounds throwing an oop to DeAndre Ayton and the ball was above the cylinder, then you can argue offensive goaltending. Yeah. But when he's out of bounds, you can't. It, it's not a violation but moving onward uh so we did have the uh the draft lottery recently the detroit pistons have claimed the number one pick in this year's nba draft and right behind them is the rockets and the number three pick are the cavaliers now they're saying that the number one consensus pick would be uh cunningham but do you think the Pistons will trade that pick? They said they're open to it. The, yeah. There was a story that came out shortly after. I think it was the day after the lottery. They said they were open to trading it. But I'm not sold on Cunningham. Yeah, me neither. 12, I watched him play a lot. I watched him play against my Mountaineers, and I'm not sold. I don't see. I don't see consensus number one overall. So, pick. so that's an interesting point. So, we'll go each one time. So, Jake, who would you consider? Since you don't have Cunningham, well, he, Cunningham was a great player, great college player. Look at his stat line; it was good. 
Who do you think could go number one if it's not Cunningham? I I see the draft as really too deep. Um, I think Suggs, it, it, Ooh, Cunningham. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to say he's not um, one of the top players in the draft because every analyst who gets paid to evaluate players says Cade Cunningham is the the real deal. But I think Suggs is is who I would take number one. Out of Gonzaga. Um, yes, and then I think Deuce McBride is going to surprise a lot of people he's he's floating under the radar but he's impressing people at the draft he's knocking down shots he's tough he plays defense i i think deuce is going to get drafted a lot higher than what he's going to get drafted a lot higher than projected 33 right um devin what do you think yeah i totally agree with jacob like Jalen suggs is number one pick he's a bad man he like literally like I was looking at Cade Cunningham is like his highlights like he's a guy he, you know he could he he has that scoring mentality like he can he could shoot the outside ball he can create shots for himself and also for his teammates but yeah I I don't I don't really see him as a number one pick I was like uh like he's he's still a good player but I don't I don't know if he adds that spark like Jalen Suggs you know right. And it, it is t- like you said. It, the draft is just, there's it's too deep. You got guys from college. You even got guys from the G League. Yeah. For potential top five picks, and it's gonna be interesting to see which way teams go. Whether they trade the picks, whether they keep the picks, or whether they decide they want to trade up. So we'll see. But right now, it Detroit has the number one overall pick Houston second Cleveland third Toronto with the fourth Orlando fifth pick Oklahoma City sixth Orlando has two picks they have the fifth and the eighth and Golden State has two they have the seventh and the 14th can we talk about how Minnesota shot themselves in the foot the end of the season. <laughs> All they had to do was lose. That's what they're best at. All they had to do was lose. <laughs> was lose. And then they messed around and they gave Golden State, who's already going to reload with Clay Thompson coming back. Yeah. They're going to so reload and they've got two top 15 draft picks. What are they that's doing? Gonna, that's that's going to be interesting to see what Golden State does with the two two draft picks of the top 15. you got options especially with this draft class. So we'll would, see how that goes. I would tag that number seven pick along with Andrew Wiggins and see who takes it. Ooh, Get that oh, cap that would out. Be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, to see that would play out. I mean, the, the Lakers are trying to get him too, Andrew Wiggins. Like, there's a lot of teams out there trying to get him. So, I mean, the Lakers is one of the teams that want, wants Andrew Wiggins. It makes Wait. sense for him to go to the Lakers because he's a bad shooter and the Lakers have a lot of bad shooters. So let's just make it worse. Let's, let's uh, the Lakers probably already they have, thinking about reloading and reorganizing the team. They wouldn't be surprised to see if the Lakers try to, you know, influence some, you know, picks and some like late like yeah. trade talks to see what they could do to reload. Because, but yeah. Because they literally like they're trying to get, they want to get DeRozan. They've been trying to get, they've been like on him since the, before before the playoffs, like throughout the season. And the thing about the Lake, the Lakers is 
Yeah, they do, they really they really don't have shooters on their team. Most of most of the guys on their team are playmakers and defensive players. And you know, also the trade talks with Westbrook. I mean, I'm a fan of Westbrook. He's my favorite player, but I don't I don't um I would love to see him on the Lakers, but if they if they need shooters then that's the best way to go. I mean, same with like with Damian Lillard, like if he goes to the Lakers it's it's a wrap. Like, it's a wrap. But I also don't feel like Damian Lillard would leave Portland. I feel like he he says it's, he's, it's tough. It, it's going to be tough for him to leave Portland to go to the Lakers, but it would have to be a really good offer for him to leave Portland. Right there's now. a lot of hype around Damian Lillard to the Mavericks right now. Damian Lillard wanted Jason Kidd. The Mavericks got Jason. Exactly. Exactly. Damian Lillard endorses their new GM publicly. Yeah, and so we'll see how they can trade uh, a trade involving Porzingis would be the way they get it done to to the Blazers. And that, and the oh, yeah, I I think if he goes anywhere, he's going to the the Mavericks. You know, it's funny you say that because, like, in Dallas, like, even my co workers are like, Dame needs to come to the Mavericks. Like, I got some diehard, it's like diehard Maverick fans here, like, they're like. Dame needs to come to the Mavericks. Because honestly, looking at it right now, the only two best players, in my opinion, on the Mavericks is Luka and Tim Hardaway Jr. Those yep. are your only two yeah. two guys. Because the thing about Porzingis is, is he's like, to me, he's like a waste of height. He's not really using his full potential. Plus, he's frustrated with his role. But I'm like, what like what can you be frustrated about if you're not producing? You're not, you're not trying to do anything to help the team win right. as of like if he had if he would like his his main problem was staying healthy that was that was a main the main problem for him he he couldn't stay healthy and you know and it's it's just like like i said the lakers they're doing everything they can they're trying the lakers are trying to get him too they're trying to get miles turner you know it's trying to get everybody but i mean you know there's teams out there i really thought for sure that with Jason Kidd, I was like, man, I really wanted him to be the head coach for Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Cause I was like, him and Lonzo together, bro. I was like, but it's not looking too hot in New Orleans. No, it's, cause I think Zion wants to get out of New Orleans with bit Well, his family, his family wants to get out. His family, his family wants, him wants to, go. to get out. But the fun, the thing about it is, they're trying to make him like how they did Scottie Pippen. They want him to be the point guard, so it's like he's gonna be the point forward. They and that's basically you're taking Lonzo out of the out of the picture. I'm like Lonzo is your guy. He's the, he's the one that let him run the offense, and that's the problem I had with the New Orleans Pelicans with Alvin Gentry. You know, you sit Lonzo out. Yeah, Lonzo has some Lonzo has some tough times. You sit him out, but then when you let him come back and play, and it's like you guys are you guys are down, like you guys are down. He just helped you guys get up and get y'all back in the winning circle. And it's like now you're down, and you want to put him back in. And you're not letting him develop and play. And then with Stan Van Gundy, it was like, okay, we're he was focused more on like defense. And you know they did that. Then they try to make Lonzo a, a role player, like a three and D guy. He just sits in the corner. He passing the ball, he'll get it. And like mo- most of the guys that were getting shots with Brandon Ingram and Zion, and I I just looked at it like 
yo, this, this is the, are y'all not listening? Are y'all not listen, looking at this? Like Magic Johnson came out and said like Lonzo Ball has the, by far the best IQ in the league. Like his IQ is off the charts. Like it's there. And I truly believe that. But like, if you can't, if you're not going to let a cert, if you have a player on your team and you're not letting him make, willing him, let him make mistakes and let him learn, then what else is there? Right. And I get your point. And we'll revisit the, um, everything trade going on as soon as like next next episode just because there's yeah. a lot going along with you know where players are thinking of going with new coaching hires coming on and we'll definitely revisit that in the future yeah. um, moving on to the next question in a recent uh supreme court case the ncaa ruled in favor of the ncaa athletes who can now receive education relation benefits related benefits including computers as well as paid internships that colleges can offer their student athletes now will this be a pathway for athletes to profit off say the ncaa football game their likenesses or will the ncaa still try to you know pull the strings and puppeteer everything and pull pull the put the wool over people's eyes and you kind of make people oblivious because in my opinion like I think Jake said a while back, the NCAA is crooked in its own way. And it's about time that, you know, somebody said it, that it needs to be said that the NCAA is profiting off the student athletes and they're not, the schools are not helping them with, you know, school related problems. You know, they're still collecting debt and it's still this problem. So what do you guys think will be the resolution from this? And what do you guys think would be, the process of moving forward from this uh devin we'll start with you on this one um i guess i could speak on from experience for about paid internships it really would be a benefit to them because for them going out you know working with other businesses and also you know networking and building relationships it can help them in the long run like for for uh students and student athletes because once they get to Say for instance, they get to the league, you have that person in your back pocket and like they can get those endorsement deals quicker than ever, you know? Right. Uh, Jake, what do you think? The education related benefits like the computers and stuff, I'm on the fence about that because for example, University of Charleston, um, small campus, only about 2000 on-campus students. Um, we had computer labs, we had libraries, we had access to computers at any given time. I think that we, we had one building that was open until about midnight. If we had to go use a computer, they had MacBooks with like video editing, picture editing, all everything that we would need was on those computers. So that I'm not too sure how I feel about that part of it, but the paid internships, I'm all for that because we need to set student athletes up for life after being a student athlete. Um, yeah. Not everyone's going to make it to the league. Not everybody's going to make it to the NFL, the MLB. And if if we prevent them from having paid internships while they're in college, how does that have their best interest in mind? Like, yeah. If they can if they can have a paid internship, they don't get drafted. 
they don't feel like their life is is over they they have their degree they have connections like like Devin was saying they've networked they have these contacts it just it sets them up better for if they are not a professional athlete and it's it's long overdue that that happens right and you're a good and you made a good point you know less than one percent of you know division of student athletes whether you're in the NBA like basketball or football less than one percent you know make it to the league if not you know they're going overseas or going to the G League it's it's still less than one percent so I think having paid internships is really beneficial to student athletes because like you're right you want to make the connections for life after sports life after school because that way you can find a job where you can make the money that you would need to either pay off student debts or you know start your life after being a college athlete and i i think i can speak because we've all i think Devin, you were were you a college athlete you, are you a college no. athlete no, no. I, I don't i never played i played sports in high school in little league i never played in college okay so i mean i can speak for us as far as you know being a part of the sports world that having a paid internship while we're an athlete, even though that would be time strenuous, would be really beneficial for us in the long run. Yeah. And I think the NCAA is kind of, you know, sweating right now because they're realizing that the students now, the student athletes now have a voice, that the NCAA can't just hide this. And I think it's only a matter of time before, you know, more things happen. Maybe, you know, with, you know, using players' likenesses and, video games or exploiting you know the players for making millions and millions of dollars a year for their school for athletics and coaches getting paid a salary that's you know more than the dean of the school and i think it's going to be interesting to see what pans out from this uh action that has been presented upon the ncaa i've actually Uh, got a pretty interesting statistic now that you mentioned uh making the money for the school yeah in my my major was sport business and one of the things that we studied heavily in um my intro to sport business class was college athletics and athletes should they be paid my textbook was written in 2012 so this might be a little outdated um mm-hmm. as of 2012 only eight athletic programs in the country across all divisions turned a profit which I think that's kind of crazy because they lose money but they gain money for the university because Alabama football might lose that school money but the thousands of people who want to go cheer Alabama football and say that that's their school that they won a national championship or Duke basketball the people who go there so they can be involved be a Cameron crazy that's how athletics make schools money so it's kind of a, it's kind of a misinterpreted statistic, but still, none, nonetheless, usually athletics don't make money at the college level. I mean, that's an interesting point because I feel like you do make a point. Like it, it costs a lot to run a uh, college, you know, athletic. Because we had that with uh, FAU. FAU dropped their football program a couple years ago because it was losing money. And then I think it was two, three years later, they finally found this magical amount of money and they brought it back because FAU was not like a struggling, you know, football team. And 
you know, college football, it, it means a lot to the guys who are still a part of it. And they want, they, it's not like they, they don't want to play. They do, but I can understand when schools are kind of just, you know, looking at funding and, but they also need to look at, at some of the athletics as they're building a profit, but you need to look at the guys who are a part of this profit and, you know, do something for them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that this case goes a long way towards what could happen in the future now with with that being said say you were a five-star recruit basketball player at any position you were five stars highly recruited you know you got a list going for miles about the colleges that want to recruit you now well here's what you would do with the current situations going on in everything especially with college do you stay do you go to college for say a year or two and go pro do you go straight to the g league and start making money there and start playing with professional basketball players do you go overseas the the lamello ball method or do you go the thon maker method and go to an academy for a year and then go straight to the draft uh jake we'll start with you on this one I would like to say that I would still go to college and still get my degree because I want to think I'm responsible enough and, you know, the way I was brought up that I could make sure I would be, I would still have opportunities if athletics didn't work out. Um, For example, like Deshaun Butler blew his ACL, never really got to have his NBA career, still playing overseas, but, you know, he still had his degree and everything. He was he had other options i would like to say that i would have followed a similar path to have other options but a lot of these these guys come they don't have the best upbringing they're not you know they're not from the wealthiest areas a lot of times their families struggle you know living month to month um always worrying about where their next meal is going to come from if you're in that situation you go to the g league you you make that that thirty thousand or whatever it is for one season, and then you get drafted. But I, I really think it just depends on your situation. Right, uh, Devin. What do you think would be your route? Maybe in a five star recruit, I will go to the G League because I'm one step closer to my goal. Plus, I'm able to be able to get into that experience of like what it's like being in the G League. And then playing playing against players who you know the, that competition, so right and getting and that I, hands-on experience. Yeah, and I I like uh, each one's like you know Jake said you want to have you basically want to have a backup in case something bad happens, whether you tear an ACL, you blow out your knee, something like that, and you have a backup with your degree. And with Devin, I understand like you want to make you want to have that opportunity to play against the best. You're making money, you know, you're starting to provide. I get it. And I think there's not really because each answer is, you know, it's it's hard because, you know, on the one hand, you you want to think about the present. But on the other hand, you also need to think about the future with yeah. what can happen. And if you are not wisely investing in yourself, then having that financial success and that financial freedom is going to be tough if you're either not investing not getting the connections or don't have a backup plan for that future like how how many kids fresh out of college like you you just graduated you got your diploma the next day someone's putting a check for 
tens of thousands of dollars in your face says you come play for me for one year and then we're going to get you to the nba next year like how do you turn that down though and you don't and i mean <laughs> and i think you had said that in a couple in a previous episode colleges do that all the time where they're kind of you know incentive incentivizing you know we'll offer you this we'll give Shout you some money <laughs> we're offering you money and you can just come for a year and you'll you'll make it to the league you'll be a top 10 pick you know that was the that was Kyrie Irving that was Zion Williamson that was a lot of guys who went for a year and you know they left but at the same time you could also and with any situation whether you go overseas whether you go to the G League during your season you blow out your knee you tear something and you're out and that really affects the the rest of the actions moving forward because then you're playing it safe you're not going hard at 100% you're kind of going at, a, at maybe 80 at like 90% and you're being an extra 10% you're taking precautions you're like I don't want to do that again I don't want I need to be more safe than what I need to do so I think with guys who are making that decision you need to think about everything before you make an actual decision you need to think about the present and you need to think about the future when making that decision so it, it would be tough those four options and you're a five-star recruit but um we're gonna take a quick commercial break when we get back we're gonna talk about the olympic team the final roster has been set and it's really interesting and then another opinion and then a couple opinionated questions at the end but stay tuned for more hoop jack and welcome back so right before the break i talked to you guys about we were going to go over the olympic final roster the final roster has been set you have kevin durant damian lillard bradley beal jason tatum devin booker zach levine kevin love is an interesting choice Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Jeremy Grant. Now, of that list, I think Kevin Love was that question mark as why and how he made it. That was the biggest question mark on when looking at that list. And the fact that they only brought one center in Bam Adebayo. But he's not like a true center. But I could be wrong. What do you guys think was some of the the final roster picks and question marks? Uh, Devin, we'll start with you. Yeah, Kevin. I mean, yeah, it was kind of it was odd to have one center because I was like, usually, usually you have a backup just in case, it, you know, because like well, you know, with Paul George at that time when he got hurt, you know, you never know. Uh, but with Bam Adebayo, I mean, he could play both positions, center and power forward. I'm glad. I'm glad that you know Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, uh, Drew Holiday, you know those guys on there, Dame especially. Oh yeah, Kevin Love. I'm like that's that's kind of you know. I was like, when did I ever when did I ever see him in the Olympics? I don't remember seeing him in the Olympics like at all. I think it was a while. <laughs> 2012 oh, okay. was the last Olympic that he was in. But, um, Jake, what do you think about this lineup that I, was the finalized? I've got four question marks. For Ooh, one, okay. obviously, Kevin Love. But when I was listening to um, NBA radio, 
uh, it was yesterday. Um, they said that it, not necessarily they gifted it to him, but he can use it as an opportunity to up his trade value. So when, when I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I'm okay with it now. But Middleton, Holiday, and Grant, I just don't get it. Like, you, I also can't, think... you can't tell me there's not three guys better than them who were willing to play. No, but I also think you look at the guys that refused and didn't want to play, yeah. that they would have made that list. LeBron decided to lace his shoes up for Space Jam. Chris Paul did not want yeah. to play. I mean, you had guys who just didn't want to play, and I understand it. Like, you just you want the summer to relax. You don't want to keep playing and, what? you know, risk One more thing that I'm not – I want more clarification on – Kimball Walker, I, did he get an invite and he turned uh, down, or did they not invite him? Because if they didn't invite him, I feel like that's a big middle finger because he was the only star that was willing to lace up for them in their I feel, I feel like he's underrated. Like people are like he's he's a good he's a great he's a good point guard. Deep on him, like literally. I feel like he was on the raw. He had he had some good years with Charlotte. When yeah. he got to Boston, it was questionable. I think with OKC, we could see because he's going to be the star player on that team. Yeah, with, at OKC, but I think you got to see who they build around him, and they have uh, a lot of picks. With I mean, you know OKC yeah. stockpiling picks, we just got to see how that plays out. I, I mean, they got Gilgis Alexander. I mean, that's the only yeah. guy they got. But like with and the, that's really it. I thought I was tripping because when Bleacher's Report came out with the news about CP3 committing to the, the Olympics, I'm like, okay. But then after that, it comes out that he's not. And then also Harden on the other hand, I'm like, why would you even participate if you know you have a hamstring injury? Grade two. <laughs> like, you know, come on now. I feel like Carmelo Anthony should have gotten a, a spot on this roster. I would That's, definitely oh, yeah, take yes. Carmelo Anthony over yes. Jeremy Grant. Just I think because he got robbed. Yes. He's always been there for Olympic basketball, and he's an absolute dog on the Olympic team. You know, you know when I felt yes, like he got the I agree most with you on that. Yeah, I do agree because I felt like he got most disrespected when he was not on the Denver Nuggets all-time list. That's they, a shame. They and he's a, a score. So much. And I was just like, how are y'all forgetting Carmelo? What he did with y'all. What him, AI, and Chauncey Billups all did for y'all. Oh, and yeah, just yeah. Rub his nose. Like, you think he did nothing? And Come then, on. And then by teams not wanting to pick him up, and like LeBron had to vo- had had to be the voice of reason. Like, hey, and then Portland actually gave him a chance. And then he came in, and he just started balling like old regular Carmelo. Like, but he's showing that he's still, you know, hey, I'm, I, I still belong in the league. Like, I'm not done yet. You know. One thing that bugged me when LeBron was vocalizing his opinions on Carmelo Anthony getting another spot, LeBron, why didn't you push for him to be on the Lakers? You're saying exactly. someone, someone needs to find Carmelo Anthony, but it's not exactly. Be. Like you, you could have, you could have, you could have said, "Hey, hey, hey, Rob, throw, throw my guy a vet minimum. Let's see if he's still got anything." They're, they're trying to do that now. Tell him no. 
they're trying to do that now. Yeah, but I, I think Carmelo isn't going to leave Portland. They still, it's going to be who they hire as the coach, but I still think, I feel like they well, still got a good thing going. It's just going to be a tough road to climb, especially in a tough West with Phoenix rising, the Clippers, you know, Jazz doing all right, the Jazz right there, and it's going to be tough. But Dame was like, he came out and said he was like, if they don't add a, if they don't add another uh, a star, he's leaving. So yeah, they, so, you know, they they, it's like he's he's actually being demand like demanding for for like once, like he tried it with Jason Kidd, it didn't work out. So now let's see if this works out. I I hope it does because, like for real, Dame Dame does too much for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's all overshadowed. So real quick, we have they they've always had topics. Who would win and who would win? The dream team of '92 with Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Larry Bird, and Karl Malone versus the redeem team of '08 with Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and Dwight Howard. Now, just to put it into perspective, just to put it into perspective, the 92 Dream Team, their margin of victory, 43.8 points. The Redeem Team's margin of victory, 27.8. Now, there is a difference. It's about wow. a 15. It's about a 15-point difference, but it's still, you know, it goes a long way. Who do you guys think would win in a matchup? Now, keep in mind, this is 08. We're still. You know, LeBron James hasn't won a title yet. Kobe Bryant still has, you know, his three rings. Dwayne Wade coming off the one title in Miami. Dwight Howard, you know, he's young, he's active, he's still moving. Um, But who do you guys think would win? Oh, my God. (laughs) I think you have. (laughs) That's tough. That's tough. You have to look, the margin of victory is a little misleading. You have to look at the level of international competition because not long before the Dream Team, we were sending college players over to play, right? Yeah. Okay, so we send our best guys over there, wipe the floor with everybody. But the international talent, like, you know, Chris, me and you were talking about it a couple weeks ago, the international talent is a lot better than, than what it used to be. But... Of the 12 members on that dream team, I think 10, maybe 11 are in the Hall of Fame and three of the four coaches. Um, yeah, the only one <laughs> who didn't make the Hall of Fame was, I think, Leitner. Leitner, yeah. He was the only one out of that lineup who kind of was a surprise pick, but, you know, he had a great college career, so I'm going to give him that. It's tough, man. I... It really is. I preach that the talent is so much better now than what it was historically. But man, that dream team was that dream team was solid, and it's still tough to compare because you have teams now who are who have been good in the Olympics, but they can't compete with the dream team. Yeah, Um, and another thing to consider what rule set are we playing by if we're playing by today's rules i think or are we playing by the redeem team but if we're playing 
the bad boy era. era. We're playing by that set of rules. Oh man, the physicality, just the. I think how the, much the dream team has got it. Yeah, if we're playing if you, by their rules, I think the dream team's got it. Yeah, because if you like, like I was about to go down the list. I was like, okay, if we if, since we talk about bad boys era, like I love LeBron. I grew up watching LeBron, but LeBron complains. <laughs> At certain times, LeBron complains, and if he gets hit, he ain't gonna be able to. He ain't gonna be able to take that punishment like that. No. He's not. I saw a movie uh, today. It said when Clay Thompson tore his ACL, it took him 43 seconds to get off the floor, and when LeBron got poked in the eye, it took him over a minute. Be, <laughs> Do with that what you Le, want. Le, I, I love yeah. LeBron, but he 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 does a lot of flopping. And I'm like. I can agree on that, but honestly, with me, like between Magic and Wade, I feel like the only thing with Magic is his passing ability. Wade, I feel like Wade will have uh, a dom. He, Wade will basically have have an advantage over Magic. Jordan and Kobe would be neck and neck, like honestly. And Pippen and Carmelo. I, I think I, Pippen has yeah, an advantage at that because yeah, Pippen, Pippen still is tall and he was still athletic. He was very athletic in 92. Going yeah. into 92, he was still very athletic. And you think Jordan and Pippen, they're coming off the championship. So that's that's another thing. The thing about Carmelo, though, he was just a scorer. I feel like if he would have developed his game a little more and became like a more of an all-around player, he would have he would have had different skill sets that would be a problem instead of just, you know, scoring. Um I got I got LeBron over Bird. Yeah. I, uh, I think that yeah, that's probably and consensus. Mal- now with Malone and Howard, Malone stuff. So I I I for me I think I have to go with Malone over Howard. Yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think this was a good kind of look to see the different matchups and who each team had and what kind of, you know, the mindset. And I still think the Dream Team could beat any of the Olympic teams that the USA made till now and to this day. And it it wouldn't even be close. They would absolutely smack this year's Olympic team. They wouldn't even be close. Uh, yeah, they, they would have beat them by like what 50, 50 would, to 60, 60 points. Yeah, it, would, it would be one of those 45 margin of victory games. The only yeah. person to be scoring the most is Dane. That would, him and Kevin Durant, that would be it. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it was interesting to see what you guys thought about this topic. So moving on, this, this kind of was interesting, this topic. Um, it kind of hits out of left field, very far out of left field, because I didn't know how to feel about this question. Should the Harlem Globetrotters become an NBA team? No. Oh, those. Oh, yeah. That's um. I seen that on. I seen that on they, Instagram. They, they sent a letter to the, to be NBA. A part of the NBA, and I'm thinking, why? Like, why would y'all y'all make money as an <laughs> entertainment team? Yeah, like you try to go to the NBA, you get smoked. <laughs> You're not gonna last. Like that's like that's like I can understand they could be playing street ball, like you know things like that. But, but I don't know. think the NBA NBA no. is 
because yeah, like you say, entertainment. That's They're that's an about entertainment it. team. Like they make money going around and kind of just having that fun time. And I think the NBA is not going to take them seriously. No, and I wouldn't I, take them seriously in that situation. I could see it maybe if the league wants to expand just to give a full roster without having to pull from other teams like they've historically had to. Yeah, I could see them going that route, but then we'd be looking at the Harlem Globetrotters like lottery pick until the day I'm dead, probably. Yeah, like you'll be lottery like, picks like ten years before you're a relevant team. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't know how I felt about it. And I now know how y'all feel about it. And I think it's it's just, it just comes out of left field. It's shenanigans. It's, and then to close out our mindful, you know, moment is we need to respect what's going on with the young talent in the NBA. We're looking at Devin Booker as the next Kobe Bryant. We're looking at Trey Young as probably one of the youngest greatest shooters right now we have in the league and we need to start putting some respect on their names because these guys are taking over the NBA by storm and it's not even close like and I like the fact that Trey Young has taken on the villain role he quieted the Knicks fans quickly (laughs) yes in their series he did they took care (laughs) they took care of a tough they took care of business and they're still taking care of business I don't want (laughs) to put respect on Trey Young's name because he played for Oklahoma and it was was not fun watching what he would do to West Virginia Um, but he's making it really hard for me to not like him he is it's it's tough to see because and then with Devin Booker no, he was close to an eighty-one. He he was close to an eighty-one point game, and he almost passed Kobe for most points at a single game at one point in his career. And look what he's doing with Phoenix, and he's taking on that leadership role now. You know, the mask game, we're gonna kind of have to you know shield the eyes because that was terrible. But I think what the young core right now in the league is doing is they have changed the way that the NBA is now in my opinion I think I still respect Chris Paul's game you know we have we still need to bring back the mid-range because that's still a lot of points that a lot of teams are missing out on is mid-range because everyone's trying to dunk or go for a three and it's tough to kind of watch because when people shoot that fadeaway mid-range that's just that's just a beautiful shot and I think a lot of teams, even like the young guys that I look at when I ref, I don't see anybody taking mid-range shots. I see them doing floaters. I see them doing layups. I see them taking threes, but I don't see anybody taking like a mid-range shot. And, and that's what, like, what are y'all doing? And that's what I was like. I was I was telling certain people, I'm like, you know, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of players out here, they they want to be the next Steph Curry. Can't everybody can't be Steph Curry and and if you're a player who you want to shoot threes but you're not a good three-point shooter it's going to be hard for you because if you if you're just going to continue to shoot threes and you don't have a mid-range game it's going to be hard for you you're it really is like especially with um like I said Trey, 
Trey Young is Trey Young is he in the he in the he's in a world of his own, you know. Like I feel like he he disrespected, bro. He disrespected the Bucks when he did that shimmy and then shot that three. I was like, <laughs> he, <laughs> I was like, that was the great, like that was the utmost disrespect for the Bucks. And, and then with the Knicks, see the thing about the Knicks is okay, you know, kudos to them for actually making the playoffs in like years. It's they 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 finally had something going for themselves. But well, let's they kind of they. Yeah, they they got the big head and they kind of hype themselves up just like how when they went we want Brooklyn and they only won one one. game after game (laughs) one we won Brooklyn they lose the next four your first playoff game in a decade and and the thing about it was it kind of reminds me of uh of uh you know when LeBron came to LA it was the it was the rivalry being like who's the king of LA I'm like. That's a rhetorical question. You already know who the Kings of LA is. It's the Lakers. And you know how the like a lot I, of I no, and I and I and I brought this up. The Clippers do not own the Staples Center. They're renting. No. They are renting the Staples Center. They're they the can babies. Go back, they can go back to Brentwood or they can go to, you know, Anaheim and go back to their stadium. They do not own even if they could win this championship this year, it's they're still not the Kings of LA. The Lakers They're, will always be the kings of LA. Exactly. It doesn't even matter. I, I feel like I always said they're the babies of LA, like how Skip Bayless said it. Like honestly, if they won a championship this year, they I would I would consider them not babies of LA. They'll be like they'll move from babies to being toddlers, like because you have to take babysitting. You got to crawl before I call, you walk. I call I call, <laughs> I call I call them the stepbrother of LA because they're just they they don't have they don't have championship banners on them. They have no. selfies of players on their and, on the Raptors, and, the, and the, they don't res, they have no respect. They're thinking they're going to be the kings of LA if they win. That's, that's, that's why the I hope pro- they lose. That's the problem with the Knicks. Then that that was that's how like the Knicks thought they were when they came into this playoff, they felt like they were the team. Like, yeah, we're in the playoffs now. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna dominate. We yeah, like you said, we want Brooklyn. I'm like, come on. I think that was just a thing to get, you know, make their get their hopes still keep their hopes alive, like make make them feel like they had they had something to prove, like they had this fiery passion inside them that they were coming out of the first round that they were going to do something but no y'all you guys really only had Julius Randle and you know he did good throughout the season but when it came playoff time where was he yeah but Jake what do you think I don't think the Clippers I think they they could win like four or five in a row and they're still gonna be in the Lakers shadow yeah, like you, you the the Lakers are what? Do they have more than Boston now? Are they the the winning? They're, they're, they're tied. Like, they're tied. Yeah. So, yeah. like you, you're you're gonna have to pass them before people are gonna give them any legitimacy. Yeah. But yeah. The, I think the Clippers are gonna move to Vegas. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, I, could, I could see that happening. They're, they're going to be like the Raiders. They're going to be like the Raiders and move to Vegas. And the only thing they'll be winning are the slot machines. That's it. There's but, too, many, too many teams out that way. Like, yeah. 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 You guys, Vegas needs a team. They, but I think, they, what, I think here's, here's what could happen. And in my opinion, I think 
I think you get the the Clippers out of LA. You move them back to Anaheim. You take the Kings. I could see the Kings moving to Vegas because Sacramento is still struggling. They haven't had a good playoff run since the early 2000s. And they've been kind of, you know, still rebuilding, reclimbing. They have some good players, but nothing strong. And Golden State, I've heard Golden State might move out of Oakland. Oh, really? Who knows about that? I've heard rumors that Golden State might move out of Oakland and go somewhere else in California, but not out of, you know, California. And then you still have... Uh, it was the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the Warriors. There was one more team in that division. The, the Pelicans. The Pelicans are going to relocate after 2024. Yeah, yeah. But then you, then New Orleans doesn't have a team. And I feel like that's going to be tough because I mean, New Orleans will only have football then with the Saints. But who knows yeah. what could happen in the future? I'm okay but, with New Orleans not having a basketball team. <laughs> they, they honestly really need like. Alonzo said, like he liked he likes playing for the team. He just doesn't like the city, and I don't yeah. blame it. Like the city is not some. The, New Orleans is not a. a New Orleans is going to be underwater in about ten yeah. years. It's going to be underwater in about ten years because it's just very low, under you know the water line. And any yeah. good any good wave will catch it. But um, I want to oh. thank uh, Devin from the Chosen League podcast series for coming on to Hoop Jack. Thank you so much, man. Glad to have you on here. Appreciate you for having me. Uh, I want to thank, as always, Jake for being on the podcast as well. Good to, glad to see you're, you're doing okay and taking the time to be with us. Happy to do it. Um, so, if you guys ever want to check me out, make sure to go to Instagram at HoopJack at underscore hoopjack underscore for future content and topics if you want to directly message me to be on the podcast just shoot me a direct message we will have giveaways in the future for merch as far as t-shirts and sweatshirts and hats that's going to be well into the future but if you ever want to just you know say nice stuff looking forward to it glad to hear it um but i want to thank everyone for listening and thank you everyone for being a part of the show And remember, don't be a bystander, be a hooper, and keep balling. Peace.